0: Um, My good friend Christine up in Milwaukee would love nothing more than Five Minutes Alone with Tim Butler. Oh, Jesus.
1: These women, you know, are so aggressive.
0: So aggressive. It's aggressive. Maybe she's going to ask him questions for five minutes. Yeah, right. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Now we're up to the latest hit by English singer Phil Collins. The Zingers. Whose husband are you, dog face?
1: (laughs) Whose husband are you looking for? and the self-indulgence chicks dig me
0: because I rarely wear
1: underwear and when I do it's usually something unusual because just like you we're stuck in the 80s can you say stuck in the 80s
0: Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, an interview with the psychedelic furs. With me, as always, he likes to refer to himself as Pretty and Pink. But my nickname for him has always been President Gas. Times Pop Music Critic Sean Daly. You are
1: fired up today, my friend. I am.
0: Such robust
1: enthusiasm. For oh. life, for the podcast? Of course, why not? I don't not? even know this man <laughs> who sits before me. Psychedelic Furs. How can I you know, not be I excited? Know. Great get. Great oh. get. Psychedelic Furs. You, you've been excited about this one for a while. Yeah. And they're coming to town, correct?
0: Yeah, July 2nd to the Clearwater's Capitol Theater. They are touring the entire United States. This summer on the Talk 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 tour, which is the 30th anniversary of that album, uh, for the concerts they are playing the entire album. Then they take a break. Then they come back and play all the greatest hits. Well,
1: that's gonna be really good. I love, great. I love the uh, that approach, like doing a whole you know album. You know, there are certain acts that have been dying, like. One of my fixations is, um, you know, I'm an Elton John fan. I'd love to see him do the entirety of Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Don't look at me like that. What? It's a great album. I know it is. No, you don't, see, you don't go that way. You don't go the Elton John way. It's like you only start in the eighties.
0: <laughs> don't go the Elton John <laughs> way. But that's beside the point. Well, that one night we did.
1: That one night you totally went the Elton John way. Yeah, you were uh, still standing, all right. <laughs> Seriously, what's that little dance you're doing? <laughs> oh, what the? My eyes! I guess that's why they call it the blues. <laughs> I've seen both sides of you naked. You really? have, that's true. I have. I've seen frontal and backle. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to the psychedelic furs. Um, yes, you talked with the great Tim Butler.
0: Right, the bass player and one of the founding members. His brother Richard is the lead singer. They, um, I caught them a couple years ago in Tampa. They came through on just a regular tour, and I didn't know what to expect. I'd would had a, I'd had a lot of chances to catch them live over the years. And I went, and it was one of the most incredible shows I'd ever seen. I mean, just incredible enthusiasm. I'm, I'm right up there, pressed up against the stage in a small club. It's just the, it was the perfect venue. It was the great night. They ripped through all these tunes that you forgot that you loved. You, I'm sure you got a tune that you love from the first.
1: heartbreak beat, baby.
0: An incredible song. And oddly enough, one of the songs that's more popular here in the United States than it is in their homeland of the UK.
1: Curiouser and Curiouser. I know. Hey, you know, I like to make fun of all the Femi, New Wave 80s bands that you like, the real synthy ones with the bad haircuts. But And I, I want to group the furs in there, but but you can't. They're actually a great rock and roll band.
0: They are. In fact, um, during the interview, Tim Butler um, calls them a collision of the Sex Pistols and Roxy Music. Oh, that's cool. So, that's um, about right. It's an, it's an excellent interview. Tim's got a lot to say. He's got a great story about the time they went and saw a Sex Pistols concert back in the late 70s, which is what started the Psychedelic Furs. That was the inspiration.
1: Great band name, too. I like that band name. Yeah.
0: I never asked him. I, I can never bring myself to ask Yeah, bands. do
1: that, because they'll just hang up. Yeah, they're just like, hack. you know.
0: But um, he's got a great story about how uh, Pretty in Pink, his involvement with uh, John Hughes came to be.
1: Awesome, let's hear it. Let's fire it up. Steve Spears interviewing the psychedelic first Tim Butler.
0: Hey, hey, Tim, uh, I'm, a, I'm an entertainment editor uh, here at the St. Pete Times, and I also host a, uh, a blog and a podcast about the 80s. So chatting with you today is pretty much my idea of a perfect day at work. Okay. <laughs> I caught the furs, uh, I think it was two years ago in Tampa, and you guys blew me away so much that afterwards, I, I just wanted to kick myself for every missed opportunity I'd ever had to see you guys perform live over the years.
2: Well, that's good. We obviously, we're doing our
0: job. I was 10 feet away from the stage, and every girl who saw that I had media credentials came up to me, and the person they wanted to meet was Tim Butler.
2: Really?
0: <laughs> first question out of the box, um, you know, several bands that uh, composed of brothers are kind of famous for not getting along, you know, Oasis and The Kinks. So how do you and Richard uh, get along traditionally on and off the road?
2: Uh, very well, actually. I mean, years ago when we first started touring, you know, through the its the mid eighties when we were drinking and stuff we'd uh, get into fights and give each other black eyes and stuff but they're they're all over in ten minutes you know but um uh, but since you know since we got back together uh and we don't drink and party like we used to we i we, the 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 old egos and sort of sibling rivalry has has disappeared because we've you know, we, we both discovered that we're equally as important to the, to the first sound.
0: What each, What do you each contribute, do you think, that makes it work so well?
2: Uh, well, pretty much, I mean, I'll come up with the, the chord structures for songs, and then I'll play them to Richard, and Richard will say, you know, uh, why don't you, you know, extend this piece, or, you know, can we go somewhere else with this, you know, chord-wise. And so it's like it's like a teamwork. Yeah.
0: So on this tour, it's the 30th anniversary of Talk, 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 and the Furs are playing the entire album, correct, on this tour?
2: That is correct, yeah. What we do, we actually we, we come on and do the, uh, the whole of Talk, 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 and then we take like a 15-minute break, and we come back on and do, you know, the other favorites and, you know, uh, hits and near misses and, you know, just popular tracks. So it's like doing it's like doing uh, two sets for us anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know it's it's kind of a big trend these days. A lot of bands are coming on and doing these shows where they're playing one album in its entirety. I'm I'm curious, um, you yourself, if you could pick one band and one album from any decade to see live and perform just that one album, what would you pick? Ooh,
2: uh, Roxy Music, the first album.
0: Yeah, I, I had a guess. I had a feeling as me, Roxy Music. Roxy Music is uh, one of those bands that seems to influence just about every British band of that that really got their hold in the eighties.
2: Well, yeah, I mean it's, it's strange. A lot of seventies uh, bands uh, in the eighties were were dissed by newer bands. You know, both that, that being sort of uh, I don't know, uh, self indulgent, and people say you know nothing good came out of the seventies. But I think it's more good bands came out of the, the 70s then out of maybe the, you know, the 80s and 90s
0: oh, definitely the 90s I I mean, you...
2: definitely bands that were big influences on us I, mean, I, I think of the first is like a, uh, if there was a collision between the Sex Pistols and Roxy music We get these, I, I think there's sort of the songwriting uh, uh, structures and the feel from uh, Roxy music but the the NG and the aggression from uh, the Sex Pistols
0: Sex Pistols, I read somewhere that you and your brothers were at the infamous Sex Pistols show at the 100 Club back in 1976. Just yes, we were. Curious what kind that is, of memory? That
2: is, that is pretty much when Richard turned around to me and said, do you want to form a band?
0: How could you say no?
2: Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that must have been something else. Uh, the Clash were there, right? Susie and the Banshees?
2: The Clash? The Clash were there. I think it was their third show, and they had... Keith Levine playing uh, a third guitar with them. Wow. And also Susan banshees with Sid Vicious playing drums <laughs> and Marco Peroni playing guitar.
0: That's incredible.
2: And they did, they did like a 20-minute version jamming around the Lord's Prayer.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it was. Oh, man. if I, I think if I could pick one show to go back in time, I might have to pick that one.
2: In fact, my other brother, Simon, got a uh, uh, stick-vicious burped in his ear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> classic, classic. <laughs> so so is this tour, um, is it mainly a nod at the 30th anniversary, or is this more of a subtle sign that that this is one of your, yours and Richard's favorite albums of your, of your catalog? Well,
2: actually, it's, it, the, my two favorite albums are Talk, Talk, Talk and Forever Now and who knows next next year we might go out and do the whole of forever now be- but i think it's it's pretty much what what we're aiming at is we're working on a new album and we're sort of the whole mindset we want to get into is that sort of period of furs on i think personally like the talk 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 forever now sort of sort of period
0: are there any songs off of uh, Talk, Talk, Talk that you'd never really had to to perform live before this tour?
2: Yes, songs are like uh, It Goes On, I think we've, we've probably only played way back on like, on the original Talk, Talk, Talk tour. You know, and songs like um, So Run Down as well. And, and uh, I'm Sleep With You, pretty much we haven't played since the original release of the album. So it's really refreshing for us to play. It's it's strange playing the playing the the album. It's all more uh, up and aggressive than we than we remembered. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be getting people coming up to us saying, "Wow, you know, I, I've never seen you before, and I never thought you'd be so aggressive and menacing and powerful live." And I guess the name put people off.
0: I I think part of it too is because I think a lot of people, especially in the U.S., probably got their introduction to the furs through uh, "Love My Way," you know, which got all that play on MTV and it was in the movie Valley Girl, and I think that kind of set people up for uh, an image of how you guys were. Yeah, yeah,
2: I guess I guess the the re-release of the of Pretty in Pink, and then we came out with Heartbreak Beat. People tend to think of us just for the for the soft side. Even with something like Heaven or Pretty in Pink, it didn't show the harder edge of uh, a lot of our material. Uh,
0: You know, obviously, even the casual fans know that Pretty in Pink um, became the John Hughes movie, but I'm kind of curious how did you guys get involved in that project?
2: Well, what happened was uh, originally we weren't going to be, but Molly Ringwald was a big fan of, uh, of the original recording of Pretty in Pink. And she played it to John Hughes and said, you know, can you write me a movie vehicle around this song? Which he did. And I mean, he didn't uh, translate it very well, but <laughs> he made the movie. And they were going to get, uh, they couldn't use the original version because the, they the say one of the guitars is slightly out of tune, which I think it gives a character. But uh, they were going to you know, find some other band to re-record the, uh, the song and we said hey no you know we'll re-record it. you know told, <laughs> anybody else re-recorded our songs in the movie so we went in and re-recorded it it wasn't as good as the original but yeah at least it was us doing it
0: What was your first reaction when you heard that new version and suddenly now there's horns in the beginning?
2: At the time, we, we, we were all vibed up so we were like, oh, this is going to be, you know, in a movie, blah, blah, blah. But looking back on it, I think it it's a bit, uh, a lot of the hard edge of the originals is uh, taken away. Right? It, it's a lot softer. That's true. Maybe it's, maybe it's the attitude and guitar that added the rawness.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think most uh, most fans probably prefer the original '81 version.
2: Yeah, and w- w- what's really weird about that song is uh, it was used in a commercial for I think it was a pink razor phone. Oh no! And uh, the, the commercial came on TV, and uh, I, was, I was like, I recognise that music, <laughs> and it was uh, it was the original Pretty in Pink. I, I hadn't been told that it was going to be used in the commercial. <laughs> that's a cool thing that happened with that song.
0: <laughs> it's kind of cool too, because it really, I mean, I mean, John Hughes is kind of taking on like a mythical status, and really, of all his movies, um, it, it's the only it's the only one that that has that's synonymous with both a, a movie and a song. I mean, it, you kind of go down in and John Hughes and eighties, you know, history because of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's the only one of his movies uh, Yeah, actually the song and the title of the movie. Uh, But but other other songs in in John Hughes' movies, I have to say, Don't You Forget About Me, is uh, probably as well known.
0: Um, Over the years, it's always occurred to me that the furs have charted a little bit higher here in the U.S., especially in the later part of the 80s, uh, with songs like Heartbreak Beat and Love My Way and all that money ones they were they were like top 20 hits here but not not quite so hot in in the UK and i was kind of wondering if you had a theory as to why you were sort of you know red hot over here during that period of time and, and not quite as appreciated back home
2: well i, I think in england they're very i mean uh, they're very trend conscious and they'll hop from one band to the next band you know, it's a lot harder uh, and plus we tended to we got an audience over here, and we tended to uh, play more over here just because uh, the audience is over here. Once, once you grab them and you, you you make them your fans, they stick with you. Whereas I think it's, it, 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 it's not the same in uh, in England or Europe. They just move on. Whereas over here, you get fans, you get them for life. You didn't leave me
0: You mentioned earlier something about a new record. What's 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 in the works?
2: We've got some song ideas, and Rich is working on uh, lyrical ideas. I mean, we're taking our time. We're we're done with all the pressure and stuff. You know, we, we had all through the '80s. You know, tour, single, album, tour, you know, tour, single, album. That's what made us take the break in the first place. So we're just taking uh, taking our, take our own time. We want it to be right. You know, I mean, there's no pressure. We, we're not expecting it to. You know do battle with Justin Bieber or Lady Gaga. <laughs> you know, so, so we have the luxury of being able to take take our time.
0: Well, that's good. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, uh, also looking forward to this gig. It's July 2nd at the Capitol Theater in Clearwater. I will be there, probably not six feet away like I was last time, but I guarantee you someone's going to see that I have media credentials, and they're going to ask to meet you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you come back and say hi with him.
0: hey that's fine by me that'd be the joy of my life (laughs) hey uh, Tim I really appreciate the time today I hope you have a great tour and I look forward to seeing you in Clearwater
2: I'll see you in Clearwater thanks a lot
1: so there we go there you have it Great interview, Spears. I feel like when's the last time we've interviewed someone together? It's
0: been. a... uh, We got to get back together again, baby. I can't remember
1: it was. We got some coming up. We got a big one coming up. We don't want to give it away. (laughs) I know, know. It's uh, it's right there with my John Cafferty. Uh, but anyway, here's what I love, and I asked you to ask him this, and I'm glad you did. I love bands that are built uh via brothers. Because the brothers always beat the love and tar out of each other, and they always fight. Like the Gallagher goons and Oasis, You had the Everly Brothers. You always ha and then now you have the the Butlers. I'm forgetting some crucial ones. Oh, the 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 Finns, right? The Finns in the Crowded House.
0: Right. I don't know if they fought.
1: Ah, they fought. They always.
0: Kiwis fight. don't fight. <laughs> Kiwi don't fight.
1: Uh, and so I love and it. so it's funny, like yeah, uh Tim and Richard they used to beat up each other, but now they're uh but they live in very like what uh Richard's still in the UK, right? In no, they both Atlanta. live they
0: both have adopted the United States as their exactly, homeland. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Um <laughs> he didn't say that.
1: No, I'm just, I'm no I think
0: I think actually um one of them lives in Kentucky of all places, and the other one lives in New York. Uh, and I wasn't kidding either, and it sounded like I was kissing some serious ass. Oh, no, when, never. When I, not you. When never, I said indeed. that the women love Tim Butler, I'm not kidding about that. When I was at that show, man, the women, you've seen photos of Tim Butler. He's a good-looking dude. He
1: is an extremely handsome yeah. man. I felt urges.
0: Um, my good friend Christine up in Milwaukee would love nothing more than five minutes alone with Tim Butler. Oh, Jesus. Five minutes alone God. with Tim Butler. Are these, these women you know, are so
1: aggressive. So aggressive. Well, it's aggressive.
0: Maybe she's going to ask him questions Invertly, for five minutes.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Here's what I always liked about the Furs. Um, to me, they're one of the true '80s bands. They they they're born from the post-punk movement, like so many great UK bands were. They break up in '91. Of course they should. Nobody could live in the in the vacuum of music that was the '90s. That's true. And then they form up again in, in the 2000s. The Ots, as you like to call them. I hate that. It just feels wrong. Don't call them that. At I've like six. You have times, a T-shirt that back. says that. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> stuck in the odds. They, they, they sensed the revival. They sensed the, the, the renaissance that were the 80s, formed back up again. And they tour. They come back. They come through all the time. It's amazing. I'm telling you, catch this tour. You will, you will thank me later. You know what else you're going to thank me for? The, the saggies. Ah, the tone that beckons reader mailbag, listener mailbag. Friends, family, and flexible them, hours. How are
1: we doing on our, our mail these days?
0: Better. Better. People are happier. Yeah. Summer's here. People have more time to spend listening to Stuck in the 80s.
1: That's good. I love. You know I love that. I, take us on your vacations. Take us to the beach, the mountains, wherever you'd like to vacation yeah. with, your, with your family.
0: We got a lot of surprises this summer. We have the a return lot. of a certain co-host who's on summer break and might be able to join us for a few more shows.
1: Really? I haven't heard about that. We'll see. Oh yeah, we could, we have some big ones coming up, don't we? We'll we're see. we're about to tear Australia off Australia
0: in the eighties. This could be the summer. I'm, I've only been saying that for three years. I'm but ready I, to do it. I'm, I'm ready pretty, to do I it. Am I'm too. very
1: zen about it now. I'm gonna come in with no preparation. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and I'm just gonna let the music hit me and I'm just gonna give improv, baby. Boom. What do I think? Oh, what do they oh the DigiReduz? Yeah, I love them. 'em. Let's go. <laughs> <Juice>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Today's email. It's quite a long email, so bear with me. It's from Mandrius.
0: Do, do we know if Mandrius Montre- is a man?
1: No, because well, I'd like to think it is, because it's the way Mandrius spells is capital M A N, then lowercase D R E A S. So Mandrius. It's Mandrius. Mandrius. Now in Montreal, um, and Mandrius says, "Dear Steve," and then parenthetically. Hello, Sean. So already there's a sense of ominosity. (laughs) I have previously disagreed with Sean (laughs) regarding his dismissal of Martika (laughs) as a talented 80s performer. Let's read that again, shall we? (laughs) I have previously disagreed with Sean regarding his dismissal of Martika as a talented 80s performer. I can honestly say I could not pick Martika out of a lineup. Much like Mandrius, I'm not sure if Martika is,
0: is man or woman. Should, should we should have the appropriate voice then?
1: <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, Sean. I just got the new A-track of Martika.
0: Let's <sighs> <That's laughs> 12 inches of Toy Soldier. Oh, I mean, Toy Soldier. Oh, all right, and all right. I mean 12 inches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you co-opted the voice. Okay, um as he oh jeez okay i appreciate this as he as Sean practically in the same breath professes enjoyment of tarzan boy by baltimore in episode 207 it's a delightful song what oh, 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 oh. what uh that's episode 207 what episode are we on now it's like 260 something it's a long time ago If there is any Tarzan-themed song from the 80s that is to be enjoyed, it is If You're Tarzan, I'm Jane by dot, dot, dot. Martika.
0: Martika.
1: Steven, do you happen to have If You're Tarzan, I'm Jane by (laughs) Martika?
0: Of course I do. Bizarre song. Yes, but that... It's it's no Toy Soldier.
1: Um, Mandris continues, but that is water under the bridge, because now I have taken considerable umbrage with you, Steve, and your dismissal of Billy Idol's body of work (laughs) post-Rebel Yell. You seem to have just about forgotten 1986's Whiplash Smile. I will now make a case for why this is the best (laughs) Billy Idol album ever. First off, look at the cover. Look at Billy's face. Look at it. Madras implores you. Look at it. It is the epitome of overwrought 80s shenanigans. He's like uh, Ivan Drago's younger brother who picked a career in music instead. But he must still break you. I must break you with awesomeness. I shall mention a few choice songs from this slice of unsurpassed 80s drama. Soul standing by and fatal charm take a um, take like a minute to pick up and then they explode into what I love most about the eighties shouting reverbed out meaningless accompanied by Steve Stevens on guitar. I misread that I think. Uh, who needs a real drummer with all that awesomeness going on? Don't Need a Gun and One Night, One Chance make me feel like I'm wandering the streets like some badass futuristic vigilante who's just broken up with his girlfriend. That's <laughs>
0: well, <funny>. that's redundant.
1: <laughs> yeah. But all these, pale ne- uh, all these pale next to the opening track, can your body possibly be ready for the glory that is World's Forgotten Boy? Not without a strict regimen of lip-curling, peroxide, leather jackets, and presumably cocaine since it was, you know, the 80s. I,
0: I want to hear a bit of that song. Do we have time?
1: Yeah, play a little of World's Forgotten Boy.
0: Interesting. Okay, I'm with
1: you. And then Mandrius gets very angry at the, at the end, and he says, Seriously, I love you, but God damn it, Steve. He said, GD. <laughs> but God damn Our, our church uh, goers are not happy with Mandrius now. All two of them. And then he says, Love the podcast, Mandrius, now in Montreal. So Mandrius implores you, Steve, to give 1986's Whiplash Smile, which it looks like has not a single hit on it. <laughs> Please give it a chance.
0: Uh, Will you give it a chance? I don't know. This is all. This all stems from that last podcast we did, right? Because we were asked, "What song? What what artist have we divorced from the? Yeah, 80s.
1: and you divorced Billy Idol, which was just." up but mainly on on the sole reason being that you hate money money and if you live in Tampa Bay they play that all the time on the way radio way too much i mean play us some other billy you know yeah
0: i've got cr- a face i could listen to for the rest of my life but they don't play that on the radio they play money money you like create a love it's a good song create a yeah. love I love it. Freeze me. Freeze you know me what's kind of sins. freaky though? That's the one with the video where he just appears in the painting, right? Yeah, because he had just had a really bad motorcycle accident and he couldn't stand, I think. That and so they awesome. had to film it that like that, so you couldn't see the whole. I Billy. love
1: that video when the guy's like tormented by his young uh-huh. babysitter. I bet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, issues. Anyway, issues.
1: Nah, Mandris. Thank you so much for your surly, um, uh, but you know, welcomed uh, letter. Uh, I will give Martika another chance. <laughs>
0: Come on, Sean.
1: And Steve will give posts, uh, Rebel Yale, Billy Idol another chance.
0: You know what? I wonder if Martika actually has a greatest hits album on iTunes.
1: Yeah, actually, there's a 45 of Martika's greatest <laughs> That's hits. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this week's PPTMN comes from Allison in beautiful Bel Air, Maryland. I know it well. Uh, Dear Stephen Sean, my PPTMN is short and sweet. With Sean's quit quit shuffling blog as inspiration, also from about two years ago, I believe, (laughs) I have just finished listening to Duran Duran's entire catalog in order. I love that. I love that. Don't shuffle around. Listen
0: to boom, 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 boom. Just like God
1: and Simon LeBon intended. Entire catalog, <laughs> If presumably. they are indeed
0: separate people.
1: <laughs> so it, I guess all the way up to um, All You Need Is Now.
0: Yeah, there's some dogs in there, though.
1: Yeah, but listen straight through because they're artists. They have something to say. And it tells a story. It's a narrative. The ups and downs of the Brothers Taylor, even though they weren't <laughs> Brothers. They.
0: Yeah, that'd be great if they were.
1: Um... So please, please tell me now, gentlemen, which 80s artist catalog could you listen to from start to finish through the hits, the misses, and the lineup changes? Thanks for all the years of fantastic entertainment. Always stuck in the 80s. Allison from Bel Air, Maryland. Steven, you go first.
0: Uh, this is easy. Um, there was a band I loved in the 80s. I first discovered them on at the Us Festival mm-hmm. when uh, MTV, remember it was 1983, MTV aired just countless hours of coverage from the Us Festival in California and this one band got up there and they were introduced as the California Death Clowns. I'm like, that's their name? No, the name of them was Oingo Boingo. Oh. I'm so happy Oh, they're very good. You know, I love Danny Elfman. Yeah, so at one point in time, I did actually own every album There's on vinyl. Those were the Did
1: days. they start in the 80s? Yeah, Yep. Yeah, the 80s. Um, let me tell you my thinking on this. I love this question. I love this question. And I tend to go with the obvious at first, you know? And so my, my first one was really kind of an obvious thing. Like, I, I was thinking of solo Michael Jackson, you know? A solo Michael Jackson, like cause That's a good one, there was, yeah, and and just because as an artist and see how I mean he's such a messed up guy, and uh you know, I'm sure some of his solo work started in the seventies, in fact, I know it did because off the wall was what seventy nine yeah, um, but he's kind of an eighties artist, but i'm not it's not going to be my answer. Then I was like, you know what, I'm kind of been in a metal mood lately, it's summer, I like to drink beer, crank some metal, crank <laughs> some rock and roll, I can't wait so for then this. I thought motley Crue, but motley Crue's albums were never very good there was a lot of filler on there they were more like a singles band you know so that's not my answer either then i thought van halen because now i have a weird appreciation for van hagar so i'm like you know what i might be able to go through all the dlr of van halen then the same but then i get gary Sharon, <laughs> and it kind of ends on that unless yeah. you include the hits but the boys are uh, uh david lee and and uh all the guys are in the the studio again hopefully we'll see
0: i hear it's a go- i hear it's not going well really That's did you the really rumor. hear that yeah i, really I heard, heard they were
1: mixing it already meaning all the tracks are down I, I they're heard, mixing it
0: nah, i mean yeah maybe but uh, so we have a whole new album of lyrics that david lee roth won't remember but I, I, don't, I don't think David here, Lee Roth let is me ask a, you, I Believe
1: it or not, he's a mess, but I don't think he's the problem these days. Eddie is yeah, But let me ask you this. Gone. Does
0: the world need another Van Halen album?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I need it. Anyway, here's my answer. It's a really weird one. It's a real, real fringe answer. You don't necessarily think of her and her first band uh, uh, as an 80s band. And it's kind of like your Oingo or- or- Boingo uh, answer. But I'm going to go with... And this is going to come sh- as a shock to a lot of people... Um, Natalie Merchant in 10,000 Maniacs because In My Tribe was 87 with Hey Jack Kerouac and What's the Matter Here all the way up through
0: her solo work
1: I know people don't think of me as a Natalie Merchant guy but I, I actually am so I'm going to go with Natalie Merchant 10,000 Maniacs
0: <laughs> Natalie Merchant no, nobody wants to hear your sensitive side. alright I changed your my fa- answer it's a fa- you know you know what you should have picked? rat I, I, rat was on my sheet but you know I'll change it to I'll change it to white
1: snake baby Slide it in! Slide it in! Ew! <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah! Jager shots! <laughs> oh,
0: no Jager shots. Here
1: I go again! On my own
0: spizzy! Yeah! Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, are you going to go see the first show with me?
1: Yeah, baby! I'm going to be rubbing your fur! <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, oh, well, oh just I, end can't, it, end it! I can't I can't. I can go nowhere. My Spearzonian <laughs> belly forbids it. Oh, my God. Boy, there have
1: been some wild Spearzonian belly. Uh, Photos. Are, yeah. All disturbing.
0: Yeah. You yeah. should see the ones that we haven't posted. <laughs> 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 Zach Val- Galifianakis looks like a <laughs> unit compared to him. <laughs> hey, in the meantime, Tim Butler, we thank you very much for the interview. Along with him, Sean Daly, and myself, we remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. Ah, congratulations for listening to the very, very end of our podcast.
1: I love this. I love
0: it. You know, a lot of times we leave a small little Easter egg here for our uh, really diehard friends and fans. Today, we're leaving an entire Easter basket. Here's the original ending of the podcast as we first recorded it and then later changed our minds and redid. Are you ready? This all follows right after the whole uh, uh, Natalie Merchant Merchant story. So enjoy. God, I just, I really, you could have given me a million guesses. I would not have picked that one.
1: Well, I kind of picked a few, let's be honest. I kind of, (laughs) I kind of, I went from Motley Crue to Natalie I thought about
0: this for a while because, I mean, Duran Duran's a great answer. That's a band that, that really has an interesting collection. Of albums, Oingo Boingo is an obscure answer, but think about it. They only had seven albums, but they were all really pretty good, except for me, the last two, kind of, kind of. No, would off. you
1: take Danny Elfman? Would you then follow just him in the band, or would then you then follow no just his, Oingo like, Boingo?
0: Or- I mean, when he, when he goes solo in, into orchestration, that's just a whole nother shtick. But, but for Oingo Boingo from Only a Lad, you know, which is the theme music for uh, the mailbox here. Reader mailbag, yeah, all the way through the, the very last uh, album. I think it was in '94. It, it's it's a real tight period of time. It's really interesting to hear them to to progress. But if you think about bands like U two, would you want to hear every U two album from start to finish? I, I, I was know. thinking
1: of U two. I, I was actually uh, thinking of U two, and I don't think uh, I would make it out of the I just, '90s. I could. I wrote down a lot of different things. You know. I think Michael Jackson is going to be kind of a tough slog, but it was funny the other day I heard this song called Blood on the Dance Floor that he did, it was a later hit, and I'm like, god, that's a really good song. But like, I I am like, I wonder if there's anything out. I mean, he was a genius, you know? And so that's but you know, I'll, I'll go with Natalie Merchant, 10,000 Maniacs.
0: <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> <I don't laughs> you never
1: know. you never got into them?
0: You know, I have this bad story about Natalie Merchant. We we had tickets to see her and Sting one time here in Tampa, Yeah, and it was the first time. It was a double date, and I was this is my first wife, and um, my friend was coming over with the woman he was going to eventually marry, and eventually abandon, and eventually leave the state on. And oh, God. It's, a, it's an ongoing, <laughs> really bad situation, but this was the first time we were to meet this girl, and so he brings her over to the apartment. They're an hour late. Oh. Getting to our apartment. Oh, and
1: here you're trying to get to a concert. Right.
0: Natalie Merchant is the opening act for Sting. Yeah. And um, so I really want to catch the opening act. So they show up an hour late, and I'm pretty pissed at this point. And she just kind of marches in like she owns the place. And I'm like, hey guys, we're a, a little late here. She's like, and she just plops down on the couch. Like this person I've never met before. Yeah. And she's like, No, we got plenty of time. The concert doesn't start till nine. I'm like, where do you get that information? She's like, I looked it up. I'm, like, I'm holding the tickets right here. The concert starts at seven. Yeah,
1: no concert starts at nine. It's like some club oh, show, it's right? Some sort
0: of weird universe you live in. And so it literally took us 15 minutes to get her to get her butt off our couch and into the car so we could make it to the show <gasps> in time to hear the very last Natalie Merchant uh, song of the night. She apologized? No, no, this woman has never apologized for a thing in her life. She's one of the most evil women I've ever met. One of the most despicable humans I've ever met. Oh,
1: my God. This, this podcast is ending on a really
0: hard... And so she deserved everything she got, Steve? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe. Wow. You know what? In this life, we all deserve what we get. You know what I deserve right now? A night of total pleasure and bliss... With the psychedelic furs. Yeah, play
1: a happy psychedelic
0: furs song, my friend. Let's go out on a happy Let's note. Let's go on a happy note. Myself, hey, I'm going to bring people backstage and meet <laughs> Tim Butler, not you. Oh, and not, not Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe the lovely Tina. Anyway, myself, Tim Butler, Sean Daly, and not that despicable woman. We are all here stuck in the 80s. That
1: took like a weird turn. I love it, man. It's weird, though. Oh, it's my friend. Why? Yeah, I think I, I caught that. You oh, hate such it, a
0: Harry. horrible. She's a bitch. I don't name her, so I don't think there's any problem there.
1: No, there's no problem at all. But I was like, damn, <laughs> that's it. That's a weird little ending. But people are gonna be like, yeah. So give them a little, give a good first, like upbeat song, or it doesn't have to be upbeat, but just like uh, up tempo.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm not kidding with that's awesome. President uh, you, v- you vented. Uh, does, is that too much? No, I love it. Should we? um... No, come on. Now you're having second thoughts. Yeah, it's it's long enough as is.